0: You're listening to the Nutrition Awareness Podcast, where we firmly believe food should fuel your life, not restrict it. Each week, one of our registered dietitian nutritionists will motivate and educate you with accurate and reliable nutrition information to help you achieve your health goals using food. Whether you struggle with yo yo dieting, weight loss, portion control, or simply just understanding the right eating patterns to get real lasting results, you're in the right place. I'm dietitian Kate, nutrition expert, ex cardio bunny turned barbell junkie, and your host for today's episode. Are you ready to dive in? All right, it's the episode everyone has been waiting for, or maybe Megan, it's just you and me. This is the episode that we've <laughs> been waiting for for the past 30 days because we've been doing Vegan January, and today... The day we are recording this episode, it is January thirtieth, which means we have just over twenty-four hours left of Vegan January. How are you feeling, Megan?
1: I'm. I didn't even realize it until you just said that that it is the thirtieth, so there's only one day left. So that just kind of goes to show how it really just wasn't that hard.
0: <laughs> it wasn't hard. I. That's so funny you say that because I had a friend text me a couple days ago, like, "What do you What are you going to do on Saturday?" Which is the the first of February, and I was like what is he talking about? Like, (laughs) do we have plans or something? And he he was like, no, what are you going to eat? And I had a friend this morning text me. She's like, can you believe it's almost over? And I'm like, I don't feel anything. I feel pretty neutral. Like, I could keep it going.
1: Isn't that crazy? It's crazy. I love that you did this because you were the type of person before doing this that would have never eaten in this way, and now you've done it, and how differently you see it now. Like, I love it. It's great.
0: I love it too. Like you said, I, and I almost hate to admit this, it's wrong of me to say this, but I kind of stuck my nose up at the vegan diet. And I think that's just because of the stigma and the culture of people who are really vocal about a vegan diet. Yeah. So maybe, you know, I was just kind of sticking my nose up and I, didn't want to associate with that or identify with that because with any kind of eating pattern or cultural pattern, there's always a personality that people can associate it's like with. Like an air
1: of superiority. Yeah, like, and I'm a- above you because I'm I'm a vegan. Yeah, I'm morally superior to you.
0: That's exactly <laughs> what it is. You're so good at putting my thoughts into words and. We see that with a lot of different diets because you'll see it on the vegan side and then you'll see it on the carnivore side and the keto side and any kind of side, like somebody's got yeah, there.
1: Really anything where someone's adhering to rules that you're not adhering to, it's like, look what I can do.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think a lot of it comes from a good place where someone's like, this is what positively changed my life. I started eating this way yeah. and this is what happened and I want everyone to feel as good as I do. So I think you know nine t- out of 10 times it's coming from a good place.
1: Yeah, I think in general, people aren't trying to harm anyone, but what they don't necessarily realize is just because something made them feel good, it doesn't mean that it's going to make everyone feel good. So everyone needs to even keep that into account today as we're talking about kind of the results or our experience in doing this. You may not have that same experience.
0: Yeah, exactly, because we all came from a different starting place. Sometimes people might start eating a different way, but you don't know how they were eating in contrast. If you're eating the SAD diet, the standard American diet, and then all of a sudden you switch to a vegan diet, you go from one extreme to the next, yeah, of course you're going to feel awesome. You're going to have all of these different positive side effects. Whereas if you were eating healthfully before, you were eating a balanced diet, and then you took it up a notch by trying something like we did, maybe the changes aren't as sharp. So... Yeah, that's important to keep in mind. I'm glad you brought that up. And we should probably talk about why we even did this challenge and and who we are and what gives us (laughs) a reason to do this. Sure.
1: Yeah. So um, if you haven't heard the podcast before, I'm Megan. I'm a registered dietitian at Nutrition Awareness, a private practice in Orlando, Florida. And I specialize in working with mostly entrepreneurs who want to take their nutrition to the next level and optimize their performance and
0: productivity. Yep. And I'm Kate. I'm also a dietitian at Nutrition Awareness. And I specifically enjoy helping people who have emotional ties to food and find it difficult to reach their health goals because of emotional eating. And we really, really like to to focus on not only what people are eating, but how they're eating. And we see a lot of people in between both of those different categories. And we help them change their diet to reach whatever their health goal is in a nutshell, using a personalized nutrition approach. Which is why we wanna try things like the vegan diet so we can better speak to people who either have an interest in eating a more plant-based diet or who already are vegan. So it's important for us to experience these different diet patterns for ourselves.
1: I was just going to say this in no way means that we prescribe a vegan diet to all of our clients. All that it means is that we want to gain experience in eating this way so that we can better relate to our clients and figure out what is going to work best for them. If we can kind of put ourselves through it, it helps us to see it through the lens of a client that's walking through the door that just watch Game Changers because Mm -hmm. it happens almost every week (laughs) now (laughs) where, where, where they've watched that popular documentary right now and immediately want to go vegan. So it really helps us to determine whether that is going to be something that's going to be successful and sustainable for them or not. And
0: you've done the vegan diet a few times, right?
1: Yeah, I've... This is my third time where I've done vegan January, and I don't even remember how it started. I think it just started off as a little challenge to myself to see if I could do it, and I liked it. I had a good experience. I thought it was a good way to start off the year. It was a good way to challenge myself and kind of show myself that I can do hard things, and I just said, hey, I'm going to keep doing this, and then you decided it was a good idea for you to try too, And then we invited everybody else to do (laughs) it
0: with (laughs) us, We had a Vegan January Facebook group, so we got some current clients, and then we've got some people on the other side of the world, so we are in the United States, and we had people from France, and we had... Italy, Australia, (laughs) it was really surprising, we thought it was going to be a bunch of people around Orlando,
1: but somehow it got out to the... To the world, <laughs> yeah.
0: So there's obviously people out there who wanted to do it with us. So I thought it was kind of cool. Yeah. So on our Facebook group, we were just posting tips. We were posting our own experiences,
1: recipes, a- recipes. All day, every
0: day. <laughs> yeah, saw some interesting recipes on there. Not only as a way to help everybody else, but to also kind of keep our own diary per se, you know, just kind Great. of like a public diary of like, hey, here's how I'm feeling right now. I screwed up. I did this. I had this experience, a place to talk about it. And I would say in the beginning, there was a lot of enthusiasm. Everybody was commenting and we we're like, this group is popping. Like, this is going to be <laughs> awesome. By day maybe 13, 14, I think you posted, you're like, hello. <laughs> Anybody out there? <laughs> it's like in the Titanic when you're blowing the whistle like in the middle of the ocean. Definitely.
1: Definitely had some dropouts, I will say that for sure. So, um, let's talk about some of the positive things we experienced, the negative things we experienced, and um, just so we can kind of help people determine if they think this is something that they want to try.
0: Yep. I would say let's start with one of the most asked about topics when it comes to the vegan or even vegetarian diet, which is protein. So, Megan, did you, I know I didn't put, we have a little template here, I didn't write that down. But we know how to answer this. Did, did you find it hard to get protein?
1: No. Nope. <laughs> no, not at all. I just made a pasta last night, which in general, if you think about vegan pasta, you're like, there's no way that has any protein in it, right? So I made it with the bonza chickpea pasta, which has a ton of protein in it. It gets made with chickpeas. It's actually gluten-free, so there's no wheat in it at all. I put cashews in there to make a pesto sauce and some nutritional yeast as well to give it a little cheesy flavor, but also boost the protein in it. It had 20 grams of protein per serving, so, I mean, not bad. And that was a small serving, too. If I would have up the serving a little bit, I would have got even more protein there. And I think I did one shake this entire month, one one shake with protein powder, a plant-based protein powder. I just didn't feel like I needed it for the most part.
0: Yep. I could say the same thing. I didn't feel like it was hard to get protein. I definitely was eating less than usual, but I didn't feel bad and I was eating the right amount. It's just being smart. It's saying, okay, the things that I'm eating that have protein are also going to have carbohydrates and fat and that's fine. It's just get more bang for your buck. Whatever you're eating should be balanced.
1: I felt like I could eat more <laughs> in, in terms of amount of food. So with something like this, vegetarian or vegan Mexican lasagna thing that I made I think normally if it had meat in it I would have eaten a smaller portion of it and I would get home and I'm like okay I'm hungry and then I would make myself a larger portion than normal but so you would think like okay well did I gain weight like no Mm -hmm. it actually went in the opposite direction just because things that are vegan tend to have less less calories in them
0: yeah and I had the same experience. So I was telling Megan the weeks before we were doing this, like I had a bit of anxiety. I was feeling that I would gain weight because I was like, oh, maybe I'll be overeating. I won't feel as full because I'm not eating as much protein. But it was the opposite. I can't eat (laughs) all these (laughs) carbs. I texted you like a week into it. I'm like, I'm struggling (laughs) to eat as much as I normally do. Like I would be laying in bed at 9 p.m. starving. And that's never happened to me. And I'm like, oh, like it's because I'm not eating enough during the day because I'm full throughout the day. So I had to actually space out how I was eating. And I would say actually after about two or three weeks, I adjusted and I started to feel normal again. But at first it was hard to eat enough. And that was a surprise for me. And my weight went down too. But I think a lot of it was because I started the vegan January challenge after the holidays. Mm-hmm. And so it'd be interesting to do it in a random month where I wasn't eating a surplus amount before, and that there wasn't such a sharp contrast, because my weight dropped pretty quickly right from the beginning, Mm -hmm. which could have been water weight, could Mm -hmm. have been all those things, and it's been pretty stagnant.
1: So for me, I actually started the month at a lower weight than I had been at, you know, since August, September, October of last year. It was actually down lower than it had been, so... However that happened, I lost weight over the holidays, and it has continued to go down Nice. in January, so cool. I don't think it had anything to do with me being at a higher weight because I wasn't when we started. But this is historically, like, this is how my body responds mm-hmm. every year. It, it always goes down somewhat.
0: Yeah but hey at the end of the day no problems getting protein in no concerns about weight gain yeah that was that was a good thing for me I mean, talk I about your
1: recovery too since we're talking about protein yeah. because you you lift a lot of weights i do crossfit so we're super active we're using our muscles did you feel more
0: sore I did feel more sore, but you brought up a good point because my workouts were amazing. So I don't normally track my food every single day, but I was curious, and because I was a little bit nervous about overeating, I did decide to track what I was eating probably 75% of the time during this challenge. So when I would track, my carbohydrates were way, way higher than they'd ever been. I just gravitated towards a higher carbohydrate diet on the vegan diet rather than plant-based fats. It was just really easy for me to get my food with carbs. So my lifts were really good. Like I noticed right off the bat, how much stronger I felt because I was eating so many more carbohydrates than normal. But then I noticed my recovery was a little bit delayed. And so I don't know if it was because my workouts were more intense or if it was because I wasn't eating the same amount of protein as I normally was. I did notice that and I still notice it. I'm slower to recover. I'm a little bit more sore than usual. Mm -hmm. So it could be from either of those reasons.
1: Okay. I also noticed my workouts were freaking awesome this month. I don't know if it's because I'm extra motivated or I really like the workouts that were programmed or if it has anything to do with my diet. I feel light, I feel fast, uh, I feel strong, and like I said, I don't know if that's because of the diet or in spite of the diet, but that being said, um, I'm feel like I'm killing it
0: this month. Yeah, me too. I don't want to go away. (laughs) I'm like, I don't want to go back, which is something I never thought I would say.
1: How about energy levels?
0: Oh, energy's been great. Same. But I've never had low energy.
1: Oh, God. Okay.
0: (laughs) Well, I also drink a lot of coffee where you're in and out of it. But I'm one of those people that gets up, gets to work, and I might have like an hour where I'm slow, but... I'm, I'm pretty high energy all the time. All right. All right. Um,
1: appetite? Anything else to talk about with appetite? Uh,
0: no, honestly. And you know what I noticed is I didn't have cravings. And that was something that I have in the past struggled with or I would notice more frequently. Like in the evening, I just wanted something. And it probably was because I maybe wasn't eating as many carbohydrates as my body really needs to do its best at because if i'm doing all these high intense workouts these heavy workouts and i'm not eating even though i thought i was eating a fairly large amount of carbohydrates throughout the day maybe relative to what i actually need i wasn't and so because i was eating more carbohydrates throughout the day i not once had any kind of sweet or chocolate craving in the evening and periodically i mean i would normally have that two or three times a month where i was just like i need something i need chocolate i need something i've got to just have it And I didn't have it one time.
1: I still needed chocolate. (laughs) (laughs) And that's not abnormal for me. It's something that I eat fairly frequently. And the only chocolate that was in our house were these truffles left over from Christmas that I'm sure they didn't have an ingredient label. And I did cave one night. We had people over for dinner. And I put the truffles out, and everyone was eating them. And I was like, ah. <laughs> "Me too. Maybe this doesn't have milk. In Maybe it. it's vegan." He's kind of talking <laughs> myself into believing <laughs> that. But then after that, I went and bought uh, what brand is it? So delicious that has the ice cream bars that are cashew oh, yeah. milk based. They're so freaking good. I think they're only a hundred calories. There's a salted caramel one. There's a double chocolate one. I actually think those are better than any dairy based bar hmm. I've ever had. And I would have those instead if I was craving chocolate once. So once I like realize I'm still going to have these chocolate cravings, I need to get something to fill that gap that doesn't have dairy in it. I did that and it was fine. And Will eats those all the time too. Mm-hmm. And he's not doing the vegan challenge and they're delicious.
0: <laughs> so anybody, if, okay, so anybody could enjoy it. One thing I think is cool too is when you go to the grocery store, there are so many vegan options for everything. I feel like being a vegan 10 years ago would have been way more difficult even
1: three years ago honestly even three years ago I would have had to go to more of a specialty store to find some vegan things and now Target was like my best friend yeah
0: (laughs) yeah and even restaurants and dining out there's always vegan options yeah Mm -hmm. at least modern up-to-date places and the local places that we have here in Orlando I mean it's you know where to go where there's vegan-friendly options. Like, Mm -hmm. it was never a challenge... Well, I'm going to take it back. There were a few times where it was a challenge to find something that was vegan on the menu, but that was usually just kind of -of spur-of-the-moment places that we were going and not planning ahead. Yeah,
1: like, if you're going to go to a sports bar or somewhere like that, you're going to have... Or a brewery or somewhere like that, you're probably going to have a hard time. But even some of the fine dining places around here, most of them will have at least one vegan option on the menu. So if you're open to trying new things usually you can adhere to this type of diet pretty yeah. easily as opposed to something like the carnivore or keto diet when I would go out to dinner I felt extremely restricted and unhappy whereas something like this I didn't feel that way at all when we would and we could go out to dinner at least twice over the weekend every weekend and I, I didn't have a problem with finding something that was enjoyable.
0: mm mm-hmm. And plus, if you're on the keto or carnivore diet, you do have to really request a bunch of modifications when you're ordering, and it might look kind of weird <laughs> if you're just eating something on there. But, I mean, nobody blinks an eye if you have a vegan dish. Right. So it's easier to blend in socially if that's something that somebody could be worried about. Right. One thing that I really appreciate about this challenge is maybe subconsciously or what for whatever reason, if I would go out to eat and it had a mark on it that said it was vegan... My eyes were just glazed right by it. Like, I wouldn't even really consider ordering something <laughs> vegan when I'm about to eat, where now I'm like, okay, like, I know I can order something vegan at the, vegan options at restaurants are delicious and amazing, and I'm gonna feel full afterward. I just had this assumption that I'm like, oh, I'll be hungry after that still.
1: Yeah, I think that's probably something that a lot of people think or have that attitude of, mm-hmm. yeah, that's vegan, it's for the birds, or yeah. whatever, um... But yeah, trying stuff like that, it would show you how much that vegan food has to be delicious for people to eat it. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're not going to just throw something on the menu if it's not good.
0: (laughs) Yeah. We went to um, a sports bar. I guess I can say it. I it was Bar Louie. went to Bar Louie, and there was two vegan options on the entire menu, and one of them was the iceberg wedge salad, which you had to ask with no dressing and no blue cheese. <laughs> That's fun. Or the hummus plate, which was good, but, like, a hummus plate for one person. <laughs> <laughs> that was the only time where I was like, this is a bummer, and yeah. of course I'm not going to eat an iceberg wedge salad with right. no dressing. It tastes like right. rabbit food. right. But yeah, most places, I mean, and you you told me this from the beginning too, waitresses are cool. Like nobody ever gives you any kind of attitude if you ask how things are cooked or if you tell them right off the bat, like, hey, I'm on a vegan diet. Is this compliant? Can you double check with the chef? I
1: guarantee you're not going to be the most annoying person they yep. talk to. I guarantee you're not going to be the most complicated person that they talk to. Yeah. Um, and they'll appreciate you being nice with mm-hmm. them and just striking up a conversation, asking them what they suggest, asking them if they can make some modifications right up front, kind of get them engaged. And usually they want to go above and beyond for you
0: and make you happy because that's their job and they're working for tips. Yep, exactly. So it, you know, it doesn't work out for them if they're snotty with you. Tell me a little bit about your blood work because okay. you do comparisons.
1: Yeah, so um, so I have a couple different times throughout the past few years where I've gotten my blood work taken. I have baseline blood work where I've tested, you know, all my cholesterol numbers, blood sugar, and that kind of thing. I did it after the keto diet. I did it after the carnivore diet, and I did it after the vegan diet. And this kind of goes into one of the ways I think we can use the vegan diet and not think about it in terms of it being a fad diet like a lot of people kind of think it is. I'm looking at it as more of a prescription when it comes to the way that we are practicing because I have had a lot of younger people in their 30s or 40s who have high cholesterol seem to be doing most of the right things to bring it down, but it's just not coming down enough for their physicians to be happy, and they keep getting pressured to be put on medication. I think that is where the vegan diet can come in as a prescription to see if we can get those numbers where we want them to be. When it comes to my numbers, they have never been lower than when I'm on a vegan diet, and having that blood work to kind of prove that, and they've never been higher (laughs) than when I was on the carnivore diet. I don't think that's going to be the same for everyone, but I also think that's why that I'm personally drawn more to an eating pattern like this than I am the carnivore diet. Seven days on the carnivore diet and I wanted to die. Mm -hmm. Like I hated it, hated every minute of it to the point that I just didn't want to eat. I wanted to drink coffee and that's about it. And maybe some bacon, cause like you never really get sick of that. But <laughs> but even yeah, so seven days on that, and I was really struggling. But I think we discount what our bodies are trying to tell us a lot of times, where we have this intuition of we have these genetics, and our body kind of tries to push us towards what we should be doing, but we don't think about it in those terms. So I don't need some genetic test to tell me that. The carnivore diet probably isn't going to be sustainable for me because my body told me that, anyways. Whereas something like this, where I see those better numbers and I'm able to adhere to it a lot easier, that's kind of my clue to say, all right, this is going to be something that's more sustainable for me. So if you're the type of person where just thinking about going on a vegan diet makes you. nauseous, like, uh, maybe not the right thing for you. same thing with the carnivore diet. Mm -hmm. So paying attention to those cues your body is already sending you is probably beneficial overall for anybody.
0: Sure. Yeah, especially if you, like, I think about that with the keto diet. The idea of eating a ketogenic diet for me personally just sounds nauseating. It sounds heavy. It physically just makes me feel sluggish, even just the thought of it. But some people they talk about how much they love to eat this high fat diet. I mean I have clients that love love those
1: type of foods and they They love them before they even started the diet. Yep. So that's a a big clue to us that we would use if someone was saying, I wanna try this, we're going to ask them, what's your natural propensity towards certain foods? Mm -hmm. And if it's not high fat foods, then that's probably not going to work for Mm -hmm. you.
0: And so many people try to make a certain way of eating or dietary pattern fit because it worked for somebody else. So they heard that it was the best way to eat because somebody who feels really, really passionate about this certain eating pattern and how it changed their life like we said in the beginning, wants to share it with everyone. And so somebody might feel a pressure to eat a certain way. And they're like, I don't, I can't stick to this, but I have to. It's like, no, you don't. You don't have to eat a certain way. There are more than, there's more than one way to reach any kind of health goal, to be honest. I mean, whether it's weight loss, whether it's improving your blood labs, performance, there is more than one right way. Everybody has a way that's going to be best for them or multiple ways that's best for them and ways that just don't fit. So it's being patient and being open-minded. I can say from experience from this that I see that I can do really, really well on a vegan diet. And I never really was as open-minded to it before. So it's just being open-minded and trying new things. And and like you said, being in touch with with what your body is naturally pushing you to do. Which brings me to another point. I think a lot of people are so far removed from their own hunger and body cues. Whether it's just because they're not thinking about it because they're so used to just eating on the go. Or maybe their taste buds are a little bit what's the word desensitized mm-hmm. and they expect to be eating these things that are hyper palatable from our food market
1: yeah i think i think overall if you're someone who is concerned about heart health maybe you have high cholesterol in your family heart disease in your family and you're wondering how you could take it to the next level do a trial mm-hmm. you know commit to this for 4 weeks mm-hmm. get your labs taken at the beginning and at the end of the month it's like 50 bucks to get your your uh, cholesterol panel done from quest or somewhere like that it's not expensive you can order your own lab work you get it for free probably if you go through your doctor but i think it's worth trying something like this to see if it does help you. And if it does, then we kind of figure out how do we make these decisions in the future that can make this sustainable for you. Mm -hmm. So maybe a lot of the things that you did when you were on the vegan diet work for you, but you can't say no to bacon, for example. So okay, let's work that in and let's do another trial and then see how that affected your cholesterol as well. Like using yourself as a human guinea pig is the best gift you
0: can give yourself. Try different things and see what works. And I think a lot of people might judge that by saying, oh, you're going from a a new kind of diet. I know people have said that about the trials that you've done before with your diet, but it's not, you know... It's doing it from a different lens of, okay, what's how's this making me feel? What are the results? What are the changes? It's giving yourself some contrast. It's not a bad thing as long as you feel you know you're doing it for the right reasons. If you
1: never try anything, how are you going to figure mm-hmm. out your best pattern? Yeah, if you just continue to do the things that you're doing and you're not seeing the results that you want and you're not willing to try anything different, well, then what's the point? Mm-hmm. You, you know, you're putting all this effort in, but you're not necessarily putting it in the right places if you're not getting that result. So, don't be afraid to go on the opposite end of the spectrum of what you may think would have worked for you.
0: Yeah, and it is a spectrum too when it comes to how you eat. So just because you want to follow a vegan diet doesn't mean you have to be an extremist. I mean, it's just like with anything, like with politics. You don't have to agree and abide by all of the traditional vegan diet rules. You can eat a mostly plant-based vegan diet and then let yourself have bacon or when you go out on the weekends, not worry about it so much. It can just be a way of eating that fits your lifestyle most of the time. You don't have to follow any strict rules. And same with the keto diet, if being in ketosis isn't your main goal.
1: Okay, Let's. we've been talking about a lot of positive things. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about some of the negatives.
0: Ooh, okay. Do you want to start (laughs) with the biggest one? (laughs) I don't know how much
1: I should actually talk about this and how much people actually want to hear, but this... It's about digestion. <laughs> oftentimes when people come to the office, they get a little squirmy when we ask about this kind of stuff, but what goes in has to come out. Mm-hmm. And so oftentimes um, we can determine whether what you're doing is good or not based on your digestion mm-hmm. and your bowel movement patterns. Totally. So. This is something that changed for both of us. For both of us, this month. Um, I don't even know like what terms I should use on this podcast, but let's just say I did not smell very good
0: (laughs) for a lot
1: of the time this month. (laughs) To the point where my husband asked if our dog shit in our house. And we couldn't find it and I realized that I needed to tell him that it wasn't the dog and it was me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And there you go. I mean, yeah, it just was, you're eating so much more fiber and- The interesting thing was I was eating pretty consistently the same kinds of foods because I don't have a husband and I was cooking for myself. So I was eating like the same meals several days in a row, but you were eating different foods every single day. Yeah, it didn't matter. It wasn't like, oh,
1: here's the one thing that I really pinpointed that is causing this. It would be like several days during this week and then I'd get a break and then several days during that week and then get a break. And right now I'm not having any issues. So I don't know. (sighs) It's...
0: I mean the first like five days I definitely had the same experience where I was like I don't know how I'm gonna be able to even sit in in the office like if you (laughs) have the closed door (laughs) that's what our our office is a room with a closed door we can't open a blind like we have a diffuser if (laughs) needed but I don't even know if that diffuser could mask what was going on but mine went away and there was like two days where I ate like half a bag of jumbo carrots just throughout the day that's all I had I didn't go grocery shopping so I was just eating raw carrots and yeah my ass was on fire but <laughs> <laughs> other than that I didn't have the same experience but it was definitely bad at points
1: yeah so other than I mean other than the gassy part of this as far as like digestion like everything oh, it was, was great it was yeah, amazing Yeah. Exactly, yeah <laughs> everything was great like normal bowel movements every day several days sometimes yeah um but just the gas part of it was unfortunate so I'm curious that if that would continue or if it had something to do with my gut mar- microbiome kind of reworking itself, mm-hmm. um, and if those type of bacteria would colonize and help me out. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I feel like, I mean, I was doing so much research on this, and there's a lot of the research that you do on this is anecdotal. It's people on forums and people commenting their own experiences, and everybody has different experiences, but overall, people who had been vegan for a long time were all agreeing that the initial weeks of being a vegan were definitely... A whirlwind, for lack of a better term. <laughs> <laughs> and it got better over time as their gut started to adjust to the high amounts of fiber because I thought, I mean, I thought I was eating a high fiber diet. Like I'm meeting the daily minimum recommendations, but I was eating like, 60% not 60% like 30% more than I normally would oh, and wow. that made such a difference like I was hitting up to 60 to 65 grams per Holy day of fiber sometimes like I was eating but that's because I was just naturally going towards those carbohydrate foods cool and at my diet was lower in fat and there was definitely gas and that's what happens with fiber it's <laughs> a lot so I would say maybe if someone wants to start this and avoid this they would maybe titrate their fiber up
1: yeah, so don't go from never eating a vegetable to eating all these super mm-hmm. fibrous Brussels sprouts, broccoli, and beans all yeah. in one day.
0: You will notice bloat, too. I did notice a little bit of bloat with it in the beginning, and that went away pretty okay. fast. How
1: about skin? You said you had some a little bit of a skin issue.
0: Oh, well, I thought that I, maybe this was the placebo effect, but I was like, oh, my God, my skin is so much better the first three weeks. And then last week, I had a major breakout, and it's getting better now and it wasn't around my cycle or anything so I don't know if there was something but I thought my skin was getting so much better and I didn't know if it was maybe because I was just naturally eating less sugar or what It might have all been in my head and then I had a breakout and I was sad but people ask all the time if cutting out dairy and you know animal products could help with skin for me I thought it did but then it ended up not being so
1: (laughs) yeah and this is one of those things too where I feel like with clients a lot of times they'll think everything is either caused Mm -hmm. by
0: food
1: or has something to do with what they're eating or an allergy or an intolerance to something and a lot of times I'm like you know it's it's probably just not
0: it's probably not (laughs) it has nothing to do with
1: what you're eating I mean as dietitians we often will correlate everything to food as well first and foremost but Mm-hmm. most of the time the truth is it probably really has nothing to do yep. with you going vegan, the fact that you had a breakout.
0: <laughs> I was just looking for things. I was exactly. so like yeah. hyper aware. I was like, is my skin yeah. better? And then uh.
1: <laughs> Yeah. One thing we didn't talk about was uh, that I wanted to cover was cost. Mm. That was something that I got lots of questions about. People that weren't necessarily doing the challenge but saw that we were doing it, were asking like how much how much more do you spend on a vegan diet than you do on a regular
0: diet. Oh, I spend way less. Yeah. But I wasn't buying any of the special like if you I could see how it could add up if you are buying a lot of Vegan alternatives, so if you 're buying lots of dairy free whipped cream and dairy free ice creams and dairy free yogurts, and like if you look at butter if you 're going through the butter aisle and you see the vegan butter, i mean it 's like six dollars compared to dairy butter, which is anywhere between a dollar and two dollars so if you 're buying those items, sure, I can see it add up, but if you 're buying just produce and beans and you shop at the right stores where you know that you can get better value and quality produce and quality food then yeah, I save a lot of money because not buying meat and cheese and dairy, those things really are what adds up in my cart.
1: Yeah, I track my expenses every month and grocery is one of the categories that I track. And historically, I always spend less during that vegan month because, yeah, like you said, meat is one of the more expensive things that are in your cart. So if you're not buying the fancy-ass vegan cream cheese that's six bucks, then you're not going to be spending more. And I asked, even even to the point that I was so confused by this question, that I asked a client, like, why do you think that? And they said that they have the impression that in order to eat vegan, you have to shop at places like Whole Foods or Earth Fair or the super bougie grocery stores. But the more we were talking about, I was like, you know that you can go to Winn-Dixie and get Spinach.
0: <laughs> yeah, potatoes. <laughs> yeah, and then, like
1: once we were talking about the staples of the vegan diet just being natural foods, he was like, Yeah, okay, I get, yeah, that, you're right. I didn't think about it in those terms.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. And I think that could also just tie into eating healthy in general, right? Mm-hmm. Is not more expensive. It's just you have to be a smart consumer. Any way of eating can be costly if you want it to, if you choose those costly products or those things that are, because essentially you, a lot of people are paying for convenience and they're paying for something specialty or they're paying for a certain brand. So if it's marketed the right way and it's convenient then of course food companies are going to mark the price up and if you pay for it sure you you save time or you save, you know, risk of trying something you don't like whatever. But if you take the time and you think okay, like look at this can of chickpeas relative to, you know, 99 pie. cents. Yeah, if even, <laughs> right? And if you get the store brand, kind 89. like your girls doing here, cents. hey, yes. that's ten cents add up. Exactly. And you yeah. compare that to a sirloin steak. I know, obviously, it's different. Right? You can't compare chickpeas to a sirloin <laughs> steak, but you can see if you don't have a choice, it's a lot cheaper.
1: Yeah, and I think that um, just yeah, when you think about it in terms of that and how you're avoiding spending money on the things that are typically more expensive. I'm budget conscious. The one thing I would say that I do more than the average consumer would do is I will go to different grocery stores and I switch it up every week so once I'm done with something and I know I need a specific thing, I'll go to that different mm-hmm. grocery store. so I think that extra trip of getting my produce in one place and maybe getting the other things in another mm-hmm. place helps me to keep that budget down too,
0: yep, yeah, some people are die hard, they just go to their one grocery store so Then you just have to look at the prices at your grocery store and can compare there. But if you're willing to go to places that sell local produce or if you're willing to go to certain stores that are notorious for having lower costs and you can save even more money and a lot of times those places are going to have specialty things that you'll get for a lot cheaper if you just make the trip out.
1: Yeah, Target had buy one, get one on a lot of products
0: Mm. this month and that was
1: a lifesaver. It was great.
0: Yeah, I gotta say Trader Joe's has a great selection of vegan Protein alternatives that are way cheaper than anywhere else I could find. I mean, you can get like a block of tempeh for $1.99 and I was looking (laughs) at Publix and it was three times that much. So it was interesting. Mm -hmm. Cool.
1: Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about some other challenges.
0: Okay. I mean, honestly, really, I had to kind of pick my brain to think of challenges because the challenges I had weren't that big of a deal. I know that there was the first day that I was doing the challenge, my friend was making a New Year's dinner, and I, I don't know her that well. She just invited a bunch of people over, and I was like, don't even cook for me. like I'm on this vegan diet. Like I don't want to be a burden. She's like, no, it's nothing. And everyone's like, it's no big deal. She made an eggplant parmesan without cheese, but she used an egg wash to bread it, and I was like, I can't eat that. And so I just felt bad. Sure. I just had like plain spaghetti with tomato sauce. Sure. But other than that, really... The challenges dining out not bad I talked about a few of them on other episodes we went to a bar once and there was no vegan food and I got a pretzel and she had to bring the butter in a cup and then the salt in a cup and then we thought about it later and we're like that pretzel probably had butter in it in the dough (laughs) but whatever and so I just felt bad but really I didn't I didn't see many challenges. What yeah. about you with with dining out?
1: Um I don't think it was so much of a challenge for me that I, but I think would maybe be a hindrance for people in seeing results if they were following a vegan diet. I do think it is easier to cheat on something like this than it is something like a more extreme carnivore or keto or Whole30 or something like that because you can go get a vegan de- donut really easily. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah and it does, it's not healthy just because it's vegan. French fries are
1: vegan Yeah, <laughs> for the most part, so there's a lot of things that technically fit on this diet that aren't healthy. There's vegan hot dogs, there's vegan pizza, there's vegan ice cream, and that because the, the vegan term tends to have a health halo surrounding it, people often think the vegan versions of things like ice cream are healthier for you. Like that so delicious ice cream bar, it's not any healthier for me than the dairy ice cream bar. It still tastes good. I'm eating that for a tree. I'm not eating it for its health benefits. Yeah, it's
0: not sustenance.
1: Yeah, so so getting kind of caught up like similarly to how clients have described following the old Weight Watchers plan on the points system, it never really taught them how to eat. So they would play this game with themselves of, I can still eat a burger and fries as long as I'm within the points, but they weren't eating anything that was actually good for them. So in following a vegan um, eating pattern, you have to still make sure mm-hmm. that you're eating healthy foods because you can do this in an unhealthy way. And sure. I want to make that clear.
0: Yeah. I mean, you just have to look at those vegan ice creams and vegan treats as treats, just like you would on an omnivorous diet. It's These aren't things that you need every single day just because they're vegan. Right. They're just giving you more opportunity to indulge in things like people who are not on a vegan diet without feeling like you're missing out or deprived. So it just makes sticking to a balanced vegan diet easier. You just can't lean on them as crutches. That's That's another thing,
1: too, about dining out that I didn't think about most of the vegan entrees are a lot cheaper <laughs> than some of the the meat-based things or things with shrimp or salmon or things like that you know seven eight dollars compared to 15 and yeah. so you end up saving a little money that way but then on the other hand those vegan donuts are seven bucks what it's like seven dollars for a donut <laughs> I, mean, I guess it's worth it but come on
0: yeah, honestly but yeah, I mean that's pretty much the only other challenges that I had. Did you have any other ones that you thought are worth noting? Um
1: no, I mean as far as like personal challenges on the day to day, I went to a barbecue competition, so that was kinda awkward. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but they one um one of the vendors did have this cowboy caviar thing with a bunch of different beans and tomatoes and peppers and things like that. And I was like, okay, even at a barbecue competition, <laughs> <laughs> the I most found vegan
0: thing. I found something yeah. vegan. So, yeah, there's. I mean, I didn't have any experiences other than the two I mentioned where there was nothing vegan. I went to a bridal shower; there was plenty of stuff. You know, there was one time I got invited to go to tapas, and I, you know, how everyone just splits the bill with tapas. I was like that no way <laughs> a, i am not gonna play that game so i was like i'll just meet you guys afterward and like at home i eat my normal like little tofu stir fry thing yeah. <laughs> kind of sad about that but then i was like you know what i'm saving money i don't need to go eat a bunch of tapas and be the pain in the butt with everybody and be like oh actually i can't have that and no oh, sorry i'll just take the yeah. pita bread
1: <laughs> so i'm really curious what your february is going to look like
0: yeah Okay, so I was kind of having this little discussion in my head this morning. I'm kind of grappling with it because I want to keep going just to kind of see how far I can go and see if I can sustain this for a long time. But I think I'm going to give myself just a little bit of wiggle room. You know, I'm going to eat a vegan diet at home, kind of keep doing what I've been doing at home. But, you know, if I go out to eat or if somebody cooks for me, I'm not going to ask, is there cheese in this? Is there butter in this? I'm going to just kind of enjoy it for what it is. But the meals I'm making at home, I'm I'm pretty, I'm in a good little place right now. A good vibe. And I'm liking the meals that I'm eating. And yeah. Do you think you'll eat eggs? Yeah. Me too. I miss eggs because they're so easy in the morning.
1: Me too. That's definitely something that I will add back in. For most breakfasts over this month, I've been doing something like either a sourdough bread that I've made myself or a sprouted grain English muffin or bread with like hummus and avocado. And I was using some of that Just Egg product. Mm. Um, it's a liquid product that's a replacement for eggs. It actually does have protein in it. It's made from so I forget what it is now. Mung beans, I believe, mm-hmm. is the first ingredient. So, and it was good, but it's also one of those more expensive items. I think it was $7 for a bottle of that, whereas you can get pasture-raised eggs for $3.99, mm-hmm. $4.99 if you're shopping at the right places. And I feel like there is a real place for eggs mm-hmm. in, <laughs> in a healthy diet. So yeah. that's something that I will personally add back in. I don't think I will be serious about looking at labels for something like, let's say, a pretzel. Yeah. I'm not going to look for casein or whey or something like that. I just don't really care that much if I'm going to eat a pretzel. I'm going to eat a pretzel whether it's vegan or not because it's not. I'm not eating something that's covered in cheese yeah. or, or anything like that. Chocolate, I'm going to choose not to care about. If it has a little bit of milk in it, that's absolutely fine. But as far as the actual milk products, I'm going to stick with cashew milk or almond milk or more of those plant-based things, which you kind of did that Mm -hmm. already
0: too, right? Yeah. You and your almond
1: milk (laughs) latte.
0: Don't hate on my almond (laughs) milk lattes. I'm consistent.
1: (laughs) So yeah, I'll continue that. I actually found a couple vegan yogurts that I actually liked this time, whereas three years ago, vegan yogurt was disgusting the lava l-a-a-v-a i think it's um i think it's called lava or i think it's spelled and the Siggy's yogurt i didn't actually get to try but they just came out with a plant-based Siggy's yogurt that one of the challengers in our group said was really delicious so i may still buy some of that just depending on price or i may just skip the yogurt altogether
0: yeah, I used to eat yogurt for breakfast every single day. It was just kind of like my post-workout breakfast, and I thought I would miss it a lot, which is weird, but mm-hmm. I don't care. Like, I don't... Wa- I have not had any cravings for, for... Well, not any. There's been times where I wanted cheese, but... Oh, my gosh.
1: So, Lucky's... Are the gr- if you're not from Orlando, Lucky's is one of the coolest grocery stores that we have around here, and they're all closing, so all of us nutrition nerds are really sad about it. And they were selling everything at 20% off. So my husband went and bought all these cool cheeses and came home and made himself this cheese board. And I was like, can I please just have a bite of a couple of those? <laughs> That's really sad. <laughs> Do you still have it waiting for yeah. you? Oh, yeah. There's still there's still some in the fridge. This was just last week. Um, so I think like something like a really good cheese board. Yeah. yeah awesome. Like I'm, I'm still going to partake. and and stuff like that I think my my biggest thing is I got into you know I was vegetarian for two years I started to work meat back into my diet because my parents raise cattle they're in Ohio and I would get beef from them and I felt good about eating that but what I noticed is certain things just started creeping back in after a while and last year last summer I remember it was almost every week I was going and buying chicken and had no idea where that chicken was actually coming from And at that time, I was like, man, how did I used to be vegetarian? I don't even, I don't think I could do that now. So by doing this, Mm -hmm. oh, it's a lot harder than being vegetarian and going full on vegan. I kind of showed myself, oh, you can actually make this work. And so now I'm recommitting this year to know if I'm going to eat some type of animal protein, I'm going to know where it came from, Mm -hmm. how it was raised, and I'm not going to support any of the conventional farming
0: yeah. practices. Listening to your podcast with the Pasture Brothers and then doing the interview I did with my friend who is a dietitian studying sustainable practice really started to open my eyes to this. And I know there's lots of people talking about the ethics behind farm fa- factory farming and where you're getting your meat from. And it's like I always knew that, but it didn't really resonate with me because I was kind of being a bit selfish you know thinking it's like so it's easier think, to turn yeah. a blind eye to it really yeah. it really
1: it really is I it's hate just seeing easier that to loud. not think about it
0: yeah but now it's like well i don't need those things in my diet so when i'm going to eat those things i'm going to make sure that it's coming from an ethical place that i know what's in it what i'm actually eating and it's not just kind of like oh it's a pack of chicken that has a nice pretty green label on it that makes me feel like it's healthier or not health i don't want to say healthier but coming from a better place More than it sustainably actually is. raised. Yeah. yeah.
1: And it, just because you're buying chicken from Whole Foods or yeah. you're buying the chicken that says natural on it or mm-hmm. the beef that says natural on it, that literally means nothing. Yeah. I hate to tell you, don't even pay the extra dollar for it because it's probably coming from the same factory farm that the other <laughs> stuff is coming from. You really have to go the extra mile to figure out where your meat is coming from. I think Butcher Box is a really great option because they know exactly where every single part, piece of their meat comes from. It comes from small family farms that pasture raise all of their animals and nothing is in any kind of a feedlot ever. Um, I think if you, if you think about eating animals, it's really easy for you to look at that ground beef and never really correlate it to that having come from an animal that had a life there is meat that is sick. If you think about a cow who is eating this sweetened grain, it's basically like us eating a bunch of donuts every single day, and then being in a space where you don't get to move. Are we going to be sick or are we going to be at our best health? Mm -hmm. That animal is not going to be in its best health either, and so then you're eating that animal that hasn't had the healthiest life. And so, don't you think that's going to have an effect on your health too?
0: Yeah, it's easy not to think about that because you're not looking at the animal and its environment. You're looking at it after it's gone. You know, the easiest way that you can illustrate this for
1: yourself and see it is if you buy a pasture-raised egg, not pasteurized. Pasteurized just means it's heated to a certain temperature to kill certain bacteria, but pasture, like the green grass raised. Buy pasture-raised eggs. You buy just a regular old conventional egg, and you put them in a pan next to each other. Break them open. Put them in the pan next to each other, mm-hmm. like you're going to fry them. You will immediately see a huge difference. One of the differences you'll see is that the yolk will not spread as far. Um, and so, in the pasture-raised egg, so think about that like a tight muscle almost. So. The muscle is atrophied in that other egg, that yolk, it just kind of like bleh. (laughs) Yeah, it does, it like throws (laughs) up. Spreads out, (laughs) exactly. And then the color of the yolk is going to be completely different Mm -hmm. too. The color of that pasture-raised yolk is going to be a bright orange color. That is beta-carotene, those are nutrients that that chicken got when it was outside eating grass and bugs and the thing that it's supposed to eat versus being in a cage or in a barn eating a bunch of grain and not being able to move because it's packed in there with all these other chickens. Mm -hmm. It's a sick chicken egg versus a healthy chicken egg. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it might be gross to think about, but I think we need to stop turning a blind eye to these kind of things Mm -hmm. and just act like there's not a difference. Cage-free does not mean the same thing. Stop wasting your extra dollar on (laughs) cage-free eggs. Still means they're just packed in a barn just because they're not in a cage doesn't mean they're any healthier for you. You have to look for that pasture raised term and try to think about that when you're comparing meats as well. It's It may not be as visual when you're buying a pack of ground beef. They may They may look exactly the same, but health
0: wise... I just don't think it's going to be the same. Yeah, I agreed. And it's if price is something that you're worried about, then it's just say, okay, eat less of it, exactly. buy the higher quality protein, buy the higher quality eggs, buy the higher quality meat, and then cut back on how much you're eating of it. Exactly. You know, if it's not within your budget, fine do a few days where you don't eat meat. It's not going to kill you. I used to think it would be really, really hard for me to do. And if you know me and if I can do it, you can do it.
1: You know what? If it's not within your budget, you shouldn't be eating it every day. And it's as simple Mm. as that. If that high quality chicken or steak or beef or whatever, you can only afford to do that once a week, then you should be doing that once a week. Historically, this is the least amount of our total expenditure. Like, whatever what you're spending on food versus rent versus all of these things like that percentage is the lowest that it's ever been historically mm-hmm. I mean back in the day you would get one chicken a month and it was exciting that you got this one chicken and it was the whole chicken it wasn't like you got to just pick a mm-hmm. rest just yeah. one part of this chicken and you were going to eat this all week long this is kind of a new thing for this to be available to us and that requires factory farming yep for people to be able to have that access to food so what are you willing to do to get that chicken every single week? And and I think the answer is not only to cut back on the consumption, but kind of voting with your dollars and only buying those things where
0: you know that they have been sustainably raised and really taken care of. Yeah, and that old saying, be the change you want to see, it might not seem significant for just one person to only be buying high-quality dairy and high-quality meat You might think, what's the big deal, I'm not going to be the one that resolves factory farming, but if you want to see a change and if this is important to you and if we're inspiring something for you and you want to keep researching it start actually following through. I was guilty of not doing this for so long because I would think that way. I'd think, well, what's it matter if I buy my chicken, you know, and I was eating it every single day Mm -hmm. and multiple times a day, like what am I gonna do? And if we all have that attitude, nothing's gonna change and the food market's gonna stay the way it is. Whereas if consumers start only purchasing those higher quality meats, then we'll have to see the food market and the farms and, and the way that things are being done now change to adapt to what consumers are demanding
1: things are changing One of a, a podcast i just listened to today the bon appetit food cast one of my favorite things i'm obsessed with all of those people and what they do so if you're into food at all i would really recommend that podcast but they were talking about their promises kind of their their promises to go greener this year and the things that they were going to do because they have this huge test kitchen and all of these chefs that are working there every single day and testing all of these recipes and one of the things that they committed to is that 30% of their recipes that are going to be in their magazine are going to be meatless. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, that is awesome that they're committing to that. Mm-hmm. And another commitment from them was to do pasture-raised and organic foods as much as possible. 90%, I think they said. So. There are people making this commitment and realizing how much of a difference it makes, especially with these gourmet chefs from Bon Appetit. They are realizing how much different these things taste Mm -hmm. and how high quality their recipes turn out when they use these higher quality ingredients.
0: I always think of Joe Rogan (laughs) with these kinds of things because he hunts his own elk and he's always on the podcast like talking about the differences between wild game and I just don't even... Well, I don't really eat red meat anyway, so I can't really compare anything but it's so true when you have I think of salmon when you have a wild caught salmon and the color of the salmon is orange and it's bright and it's just it just tastes fresher it's just different and I know that a lot of people don't even have anything to compare it to they don't have that contrast it's not just about the sustainability it's not just about the ethics it's also about the taste and the quality and then of course how it works in your body And I feel like, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, you obviously care about nutrition and Megan and I obviously care about nutrition. So we need to be the leaders in this and lead by example and actually make sure that we're taking the extra effort to choose the highest quality things that we can do in the right amounts that fit our own budget and fit our lifestyle. And it's the the best thing for the planet overall. It's the best thing for the industry overall. And I promise that even if you feel like you're listening to this and you're like, I could never do that, I could never cut back, I promise you can. It's the things that you say that you could never do that you have to try because otherwise you don't know. You just don't know what you can do. Right,
1: exactly. And if you ever have the chance to try Wild Game, I would really recommend it. That's we, My husband and I asked my dad to kill us a deer this year so we could fill our freezer from with wild game and the color of that meat is like a deep purple Mm -hmm. compared to that light pink of maybe a steak that you would buy at the grocery store and we've been doing our best to kind of share it with our friends that may have never tried something like that before and every single time they're like wow that has flavor
0: (laughs) Are you hinting something at me? <laughs> hey, I'll bring some in
1: for you. I'm the new Joe Rogan just handing out my elk. He <laughs> does that. Out, yeah, I know. Handing out the, the white-tailed deer.
0: Every time you have a guest on the podcast, uh-huh. it, oh, I'll take you back. I got a whole <laughs> freezer in, the, in our office here. Yep,
1: yep, exactly. Okay. so, so we,
0: Yeah, we got to wrap this up because we could go on. All right, so Megan, where are you going from here? What's the next step for you? So I
1: will put this out there that I am committed to not supporting factory farming this year. So if I am eating meat, it's going to be from my freezer. It's going to be either from my parents farm or from a local farm here that I know is doing uh, pasture-raised sustainable practices, or I'm just not going to be eating meat. Same with the fish. I'm going to make sure that I'm choosing wild-caught sustainable fish. And if that can't be proven, then I just won't eat it. Boom. Bam. Awesome. (laughs) How about you, Kate? Um, Actually, Another question. So, not just personally, what's going to change for you, but also, like, how does this, if it does, change the way that you'll work with clients?
0: I feel like in the past, I never... It's going to... That's a good question. How is it going to change? I can already see it's been changing how I work with clients because in the past, I have always been like, yeah, have a, you know, you can have an animal protein with every meal and there's no reason to go vegan. There's no reason to go vegetarian. You don't have to do that if you don't want to do that. Where now I'm going to say, well, obviously if you're bringing it up, if you're asking me this question, it's something that's interesting with, for you. Mm-hmm. So exploring more, okay, like, well, is this something you want to try? I can help you make sure you do it the right way. You don't need animal product and I can show them, hey, you know, if this is something you want to try, I can speak from experience it was a positive experience and you know I'm not gonna never that I would I've never shut it down before because I've but maybe shied things. away from it a little more. yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna encourage it water the seed a little bit more than okay. I did okay what I about like for that. you
1: um, the way that I work with clients, I, I think it does change a little bit because I will say that I have discouraged people a lot from doing something like this, especially when they come in having watching having watched the documentary and saying I'm going from my standard American diet straight into being vegan and this is what I'm doing and I'm doing it 100%. I, do try to allow for some leeway with those people and kind of talk them into maybe easing into something like that just because from what i've seen a lot of times when you 180 like that it lasts a week it lasts two weeks and then they're like forget this this isn't going to work for me so i i think i will continue to maybe help people ease into it unless they're just full go like i (laughs) i want to do this and i want to do this now I'll help them to do that, but I think, like, really, my goal for everybody is to figure out what's a sustainable way for you to eat Mm -hmm. for the long haul, not necessarily what can
0: you do for the next month or so. Mm -hmm. Love it. All right, so if you guys are listening to this podcast right now and you're feeling confused about... What you should do, if you should try a different kind of diet, if you should try going vegan, if you should try going vegetarian, or you just want to learn how to incorporate more plant-based options into your diet, what can they do, Megan? We're your girls. <laughs> we, your girls. Call us up. Um, go to our website. It's orlandodietitian.com
1: or nutritionawareness.com. We got both of those.
0: That's what's up. And I'll even link that in the show notes below. But, you know, if you're going to do it, you might as well do it right. You can hear all these things, you can watch all these documentaries. It's only gonna confuse you a little bit more. So we wanna make it easy for you. We wanna make sure you do it right and that you do it in a way that fits not only your goals, but your lifestyle. Because like Megan said, our goal is to make sure that this is something that you can sustain if it's right for you. So we'll help you figure out how to do it. Cool, all right.
1: It's great chatting with you.
0: Yep. Thank you for listening. I hope this episode was helpful. For topic requests or to apply to be a featured guest, please email kate at orlandodietitian.com. Want more nutrition awareness? Check out our blog for recipes, nutrition tips and tricks, as well as product recommendations. Our website is www.orlandodietitian.com. Dietitian is spelled D-I-E-T-I-T-I-A-N. This has been Dietitian Kate, and until next time... Keep it real and keep it healthy.